Boy, did you cough up? What was in that cup? Spit it up, suck it down, but what was in that cup? What did you cough up? What if the moon was a snot? What did you cough up? What made your body rock? navigators of the enigmatic and the concealed. Have you ever felt the pull of the unanswered, the allure of the mysteries that shroud our existence? For more than a decade, a unique comic publisher has dared to dive into these mysteries, unafraid of the secrets they might uncover. This audacious entity is Paranoid American. Welcome to the mystifying universe of the Paranoid American podcast. Launched in the year 2012, Paranoid American has been on a mission to decipher the encrypted secrets of our world. From the unnerving enigma of MK Ultra mind control to the clandestine assemblies of secret societies. From the awe-inspiring frontiers of forbidden technology to the arcane patterns of occult symbols in our very own pop culture. They have committed to unveiling the concealed realities that lie just beneath the surface. Join us as we navigate these intricate landscapes, decoding the hidden scripts of our society and challenging the accepted perceptions of reality. Folks, I've got a big problem on my hands. There's a company called Paranoid American making all these funny memes and comics. Now, I'm a fair guy. I believe in free speech uh, as long as it doesn't cross the line. And if these AI-generated memes dare to make fun of me, they're crossing the line. This is your expedition into the realm of the extraordinary, the secret, the shrouded. Come with us as we sift through the world's grand mysteries, question the standardized narratives, and brave the cryptic labyrinth of the concealed truth. So strap yourselves in, broaden your horizons, and steel yourselves for a voyage into the enigmatic heart of the paranoid American podcast. Where each story, every image, every revelation brings us one step closer to the elusive truth. Hey, North American podcast. We haven't been canceled yet. Today might be the day. Uh, although, hold, hold your horses. Don't get too crazy. But we got Ghost from My Third Eye podcast. And he is a, a newborn baby onto this particular podcast. So, first of all, welcome to Paranoid American, sir. Thank well, you for thank your you for service. You absolute American hero. How many people did you save again? How many people uh, did you put on your back and save? It was 69, 69 people, <laughs> not 420. No, not 420. Cool. Uh, okay. So some of yeah. us in the three digit club, I don't know how many lives listeners have saved, but on three digits, yeah, you're laughing. two digits. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, welcome aboard. Pl- plugs up front. First, let's just tell people where to find you, and then we can get right into it. Uh, you can find me in America. Sweet. Under the docks so, on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. or 11, 11 p.m. now, I think, Eastern. Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah. Now, you can find me on uh, Instagram at My Third Eye Podcast. You can get the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever, Google, uh, even some of the modern podcast apps uh, that uh, are out there now. You can get the you can get the show. Um, I currently dialed it back to two shows. I do the main show and then every week, Ryan and I do the uh, the Conspiracy Underground News Team. So it's our little news show that we do and kind of get a little conspira weird with it and what have you and, and have a good time with it. And yeah, uh, anywhere... You, like I said, you'd listen or mainly on Instagram is where you can find me. What's the gayest oh. thing you've ever done in the military? I uh, held another man's wiener while he uh, took a pee. Oh, that's okay. That's not so bad. What, well, what were the, well, actually, hold on. What was the, uh, what were the circumstances around this? Was he inebriated, well, disabled? Held, you didn't ask me what I held his penis with. Oh, I just assume your mouth, but what, what was it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my lips. i'm just just kidding ah the gayest thing i ever did in the military i don't know uh uh, and this is not disparaging this is a very welcoming like i understand now i yeah like i guess one of the gayest things i ever used to do uh if you you can consider it gay i used to do this joke about having a leg wart okay and it worked great god dude okay yeah with with with, with short Okay. So if you have your shorts on, you're, you're sitting up at the, you know, the enlisted club or maybe down at a local bar or whatever. And you t- just turn to your buddy randomly like, dude, I don't know. Man. I, I've been having this issue. I, I think I might need to go, go, go see the doc. You know, can I get your opinion? You think I should go see it? And buddy looks at it. He's like, well, what is it? I said, I think I got this fucking wart on my, on my leg, my inner thigh. He's like, no way. He's like, are you sure it's a wart? Like, it's not like a, you know, like a cyst or something else. I said, I don't know here. Look at it. And I would, I would pull my, my shorts up a little bit and show my inner thigh. And it would take about eh, anywhere from three to 15 seconds before they realized I was showing them my ball, one of my nuts. And, uh, they're like, Oh, you motherfucker. And then the other one I would do is I, similar situation be like oh fuck you just sit down i think i sat in gum and be like no way what what and you just pull out your your scrotum sack a little bit on the side so it looks like chewed bubble gum and uh you you show that so that's probably the gayest thing i ever did i used to do that a lot you know especially after a few drinks be like dude i got this leg wart you want to see my leg wart dude i don't need the synchronicity between every time that we're together but um there's there's two perfect segues there first of all um icebreakers is our new sponsor you mentioned gum icebreakers gum go ahead and grab yourself some at the checkout mention the leg wart it's if you just (laughs) if you show them a leg wart at checkout uh And honestly, I've I've got a similar story, although this one was it was way more of a the, I like yours. Yours is very subtle. It actually reminds me there was the best movie that ever had Eric Bana in it. Can you actually name it? I'm curious. Pop quiz. What's the best Eric Bana movie ever? Oh, fuck. 
Uh, I'm going to draw a blank. Uh, I'm going to throw okay. in a white towel. Well, that's right wrong. Now. It was ch it's Chopper, okay. and it's where he plays Chopper Reed, who was like an Australian gangster. And I forgive you if you haven't seen it. It's an unsung hero. It's an it's an undiscovered gem for many people. If you haven't heard it and you're listening to this, go get a copy of Chopper with Eric Bana. And if you really like that, get like the director's cut and get all of like the actual clips of Chopper Reed. Anyways, there's this there's a scene where he's like uh, not necessarily an informant. You'd have to see the movie, but he's a bad he's a gangster and he's working with the cops, giving him information. And he has to like meet him up at this bar and he he starts playing this game where like, how long can I talk to the cops in public with my dick out? giving them information and he's just like filling them full of bs just as like a way to like and then after a while they're like look down like oh god you know i don't know i just it's a it's a it's a common one but it also requires a little bit of skill and grace i right i was did not have the pleasure of anyone that had grace in the military but i heard i've seen a lot of bat wings have you ever seen a bat wing before yeah. or, yes bat, bat wings that's a big one yeah, the scrotum uh, stretched apart, um, uh, or you could lift the uh, your your male member up, and a freshly uh, shaved ball sack uh, looks like a dove's breast uh, without feathers. <laughs> so dove, the dove's that. breast was another one. Yep, yeah, we okay. did uh, bat wings it. or dove's breast. I get it. Okay, okay. the The bat wing was a was a first for me, and I was fascinated immediately uh, yeah. because it really does highlight how elastic skin can be and it's such a yeah in a weird way <laughs> in a really in a very practical way if it, it i yeah. don't know it show it form and function uh together at last it's like basically yeah. the ipod of the body yeah. so anyway. yeah. when it's really hot man it stretches like a motherfucker when it's cold you ain't stretching shit so there's so many ways like we can go with this i want to know who suckered you in? What was like, what was the recruiter story or did, were you just escaping a bad path? Like what happened, dude? What, where did you find yourself so broken that you decided to enter the military? Well, first and foremost, I come from on my father's side, a long, long history of uh, military members. So we did my, my father's side of the family dates back all the way to uh, the Mayflower. Um, we had, relatives that came over on that. And then if you go back in our lineage, um, in Scotland and, and Wales and stuff, we have similar paths over there. So I just kind of felt obligated. I was like, I, I, I'm not, I didn't like high school. I knew I didn't want to go to college and I kind of felt an obligation that I needed to, to go to the military, whether it's, you know, army, Navy, air force, Marines, whatever. Well, Army didn't have nothing for me. Didn't didn't care for it. The Navy, they they would have they they tried butt fucking me any which way but loose trying to get me. And I was like, no, nah, I, I don't like your uniform. No, I was all set to get to go in the Marines, and I was in that delayed entry program. They pulled something up in my my medical record, and I went through a growth spurt. So when I was a teenager, and my pediatrician at the time, come to find out because I went to school with his son huge fucking piehead and there's nothing wrong with that but he put in my medical records that i might have possible oshkud schlatter's disease which is a deterioration of your bone in your knees so they're like we can't take you i'm like i don't even have it like i, I tried to explain i went through gross bird or whatever so i walked out of there pissed and i looked to my left and there was the air force i said walked in well he sold me a line of shit hey you know 
you want to do this job? It's called weapons. You'll be working from the cockpit to the wingtip. I'm like, fucking sign me up, man. Yeah. And the rest <laughs> is history. So I was a weapons loader and <laughs> that's kind of how I got suckered in and what have you. But like, like I said, it, it kind of came more from a, a lineage of, you know, family on my, my father's side, always the males going in and, and, and being a member of whatever branch. Uh, I tried talking my daughter into going, you know, pick a branch. Cause at the time she was all into, uh, wanting to be a, basically a profiler, I guess you could say, cause she was watching, uh, Oh, I forget. I forget. It was like an, uh, don't say SVU. Don't say SVU. No, okay. No, it was a newer one. Um, but they were basically profilers for the FBI. Uh, the one, the one character, he was like a nerdy kid, but he had like a photographic memory. It, this is it, like every FBI cool. show, by the way, like literally right. every single FBI show. It's got the nerdy yeah. photographic memory guy. Yeah. So she was all, she was all gung ho. And I was like, well, why don't you go into the military? I said, pick a branch, go ask, you know, security forces, whatever, be a cop. You get that kind of training. You can go on and be, you know, a cop and apply for the FBI, whatever. Well, she got into college, um, her senior year of high school because she had her, all her credits. So she went to college early and realized psychology really wasn't her thing. It kicked her ass. So she decided not to go to the military and she's going to be a teacher now, which, Hey, you know, you, I, more power to you if you want to be around a bunch of little bratty kids. But, you know, so the, the on my side of the family, I, I stopped the lineage. So with me. So, in, I mean, in a in a very respectful way, that's really stupid. Like the whole lineage thing. It's dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. It is. Also, as you described that, as soon as you said, but then she decided to become a teacher, I'm thinking... Maybe the military is not so bad. It might actually, right. <laughs> you might still go and try and be a teacher. And after a couple of years, be like, you know what? Military instead. That's actually better oh. than this. Yep. So fuck this. I'm done with these little kids. <laughs> so it's, uh, this is not about me, but I just want to say really quickly, I've got such an incredibly similar story to you. Um, me, me and my best friend, we were both looking to join the military at the same time. And we got this story that I'll oversimplify and combine just for the, the sake of a freaking anecdote, but went into the can, Marine. Can, can I take a Can I take a guess? Cause the Marine Corps thing, me and my best friend. Now he was going to be a reservist. I was going active duty. Uh, I forget what was it? The buddy program or whatever. You'd go to basic training. You'd go to your MOS together all you'd be you'd never be separated until you left for your first duty station it yeah, was kind of bullshit. bullshit yeah but i i i ruined that with my my knees or whatever but yeah i, I forget what it was called but it wasn't bootstrap it was like the buddy system i, I don't remember but yeah so i kind of i did the same thing it is that it does sound pretty gay oh uh, they didn't have anything like that in the air force um no. but yeah so I had a similar experience though. We went into the Marines and the guy basically said with as fab scores, like you guys have, you know, you could be going over to the air force across the hall 
And whenever you're stationed somewhere, you'll have air conditioning and you'll be able to sleep in a bed and they'll make you food. And, you know, you might get some kind of college, you know, education or like at least related skills. And he's like, but you guys are, you know, real Americans. I'm proud of you boys. And it was almost like, could you, could you repeat those last 10 things really quick? And (laughs) we just kind of left that office and walked right across the hall and, signed up there and sure enough bought bought the shit that they were shoveling and i was told that i'd i'd get into the military and i'd leave with a microsoft certified degree as a direct quote um all sorts wow. of yeah they just fluffed everything up oh you can open the book pick whatever you want you want to work on a satellite it was just like you know what's the <laughs> coolest thing you can think of bud uh yeah. so we did that and and also a very similar thing that when I originally went in, I almost got kicked right back out because when I was going through MEPS, I made the dumb mistake of telling them I had an, a real allergy, which I did. Um, but that basically was like, oh, sorry, like the recruiter told me Y-E-S means your enlistment stops and N-O means new opportunities. And the next time yep. that anyone asked me about any kind of a physical ailment or a, or a allergy or anything at all that just remember Y E S means your enlistment stops and N O means new opportunities. And that was just a long version of saying, lie your ass off about anything that's wrong with you just so that you get in. And you know, it was like warning sign after warning sign that I was just like driving directly over the warning signs, like not even looking at them, just like, "Mm, mm." so, okay. So sweet, man. So it turned out great. I assume you had a great time. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I don't think I would go back and change anything. Met a lot of great, great people still in contact with them today. In fact, one of my guys that I was stationed with, randomly reached out through uh, um, Messenger today, and he's like, hey, man, I haven't heard from you in a while. It's been probably close to a year, maybe even longer. He's like, just making sure you're still doing good, yada, yada, yada. I had a small conversation with him, you know, and went about our day. Uh, one thing that I never understood when, when you're going down to MEPS and everything, and when they're, they're you're doing the duck walk and you're doing all this stuff right in your underwear what was the significance of the fucking doctor putting his basically almost his nose on your butthole so you he could look at your butthole i never understood why they had to look at our butthole why wouldn't you well true look back on it, i probably should have farted i mean in in all seriousness there might be like if you put yourself in in whoever's shoes it is that's analyzing Hunt like hundreds per day, right? We're not even kidding. Yeah. Like, I mean, they probably like, were checking for hemorrhage or something. I don't know. Well, well, I guess the, the ultimate point is that when it's a numbers game, if you're if you're looking directly at a hundred buttholes every single day, you might be able to point out some anomalies. What's that thing with like the Japan or the farmers, right? That once they handle like ten thousand eggs or something, they can start to tell which ones are like i don't i don't even know what the full thing is but at a certain point they don't even have to look anymore like they can almost just like tell by the the small difference in weight so Uh i mean the olfactory sense is far more you know um it, it it registers deeper than say vision does so maybe there is like an olfactory essence to whatever they're doing in the maps where they can like smell that there's something going on that even the naked eye wouldn't be able to observe. And again, yeah, they're like maybe, that maybe. expert, you know, egg handler. Yeah. Oh man, this guy, now he, 
it's a little off. I think he might've had baked beans, but uh, yeah, let's pass him through. You know, <laughs> his, his starfish looks good. I mean, if, if there's going to be an expert. Yeah. So yeah. Do, you, do you have any interesting boot camp stories? Uh, one, of the, one of the funniest ones, because, you know, we had to fold everything into like a fucking six inch square. And when you're in basic training, some guys were good at underwear. Some guys were good at the white tee. Some guys were good at socks. You know, take your picks, shine them boots and, and what have you. Well, I remember this one guy. He was from Mississippi. Real laid back, dude. Um, he was good at, I think, underwear maybe or something like that. And we had this kid. His last name was Hardy. I'll never forget the kid's last name. Kind of like a, a private pile ish, you know, just not all there. Well, they came through and did a, a, a raid, right? Threw everything up, you know, a tornado, whatever you want to call it. And he, th- this Hardy kid got grilled about his fucking underwear. So he went over to the, to Mississippi and he's like starting to flip out on the dude. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we all failed. You know, it wasn't just you. Like this kid took it personal. He pulls out out of his pocket. He pulls out his fucking toenail clippers and he pulls that little file thing out. And he's like, I'm going to fucking stab you in the neck. And he went to lunge at, at fucking Mississippi. Now, this dude was probably like he was as tall as me. So he's probably about six, four, a little stockier than me at the time. And this hardy guy was like maybe five, 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 six. I mean, and a rail. Right. And he's going to attack this dude with his fucking toenail clippers. Well, long story short, this kid ended up getting recycled. I saw him later at tech school one morning in the, in, in uh, the chow line. I'm like, Hey Hardy, how are you? And dude, he had the fucking <gasps> tile thousand. Yes. Thousand yard <laughs> stare. I even sat with him. I was going to be not, you know, cause he was my rack mate for until he got recycled. And he, he just, he wouldn't talk. He just stared at me. I'm just like, dude, this, this guy's going to fucking kill somebody. <laughs> that's kind of the point on, on two fronts right on yeah. one front yeah i mean the the ultimate goal of the military as we were instructed the the first week i got in there is we kill people when we break their shit that's that is yeah. the ultimate intent of the military and don't mistake it for anything other than that so that guy was on one of those tracks that might help somebody out but the other aspect too is that those in my opinion that was like my first glimpse of firsthand mind control because i saw the exact same thing i I remember distinctly that everything was clean about as clean as you could possibly imagine it to be you know like the bat that we're talking the bathroom in um wherever the flights were at in boot camp and the ti's come in there and one of them had like hershey chocolate syrup or so it was like something silly it might even just been soap or something but they go in the bathroom they just spray it everywhere ceiling walls stalls everything you can imagine and he and he walks out and he's like i'm gonna be back in 15 minutes this that room better be the cleanest i've ever seen it or you're all gonna be you know eating this or that and he walks out and as soon as he walked out i could just see like it it was it was i don't know man there was like like bugs that would like swarm to one corner and swarm to one corner Uh and there was one 
there were some that just ran right into the bathroom. They just start scrubbing. They just like get get right. They don't even think about it. They're just like at work. There's some guys that are pacing. They're flipping out. They're getting into fights with each other because it's like, what? We can't do this. Like you're the one that used the bathroom last. You know, and and just seeing that unravel within like ten seconds, and it was. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is part of it. Like this is part of the training. They're trying to figure out who are the dudes that go and scrub and who are the dudes that do this. And that's how they decide maybe who gets, I don't know if this is all true. I did. I did talk with a lot of TIs after, you know, I got into the regular service, but that was like a defining point. And you're kind Mm -hmm. of describing the exact same. It's that is like one of the very first tests that they put you through. And it's exactly so they can find that dude. That's going to take out his freaking toenail clipper and go ham on someone. And it's you, it's interesting that he didn't go home. He just got held back a little bit. And uh, yeah. that's was also very true. There was a lot of people that wanted to get out and it wasn't just like, oh, you want to get out? Oh, here you go. Like, here's your pass. We'll put you back on the bus. They would mm-hmm. send you to like a medical wing with all of the the self harmers and all of the the like really intense people right and that's where they would send you and then be like do you want to spend another six months here or do you want to go back to your training and get through it and if just once you get through training it gets better bud you know it's only another six weeks eight weeks so anyways I i feel like you've heard some of these same things oh absolutely and and i've said it even on my show uh i don't it might even been on 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 cunt or you know even with a guest but uh Basic training, no matter what branch, if you think MK Ultra mind control stopped, no, yeah. it's still going on in every single branch of basic training. I don't care what branch you are. They're breaking you down mentally and physically so they can one day just look at you and be like, pick this up, put it over there, pick that gun up, shoot it at that person, do this, do that, do this. And you just say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It's simple. If you want to get far, that's what you do. Um, yeah, that was that was a very key defining moment. Yeah, if anyone get one of the military, if you just want to make life easy, it's all you do. Just they jump, say how high. It's not really uh, a cliche if that is literally the the formula. And me too. The the MK Ultra aspect of boot camp, it was formulaic, it, and, and it was so efficient and so effective and so elegant uh, in uh-huh. in its execution. It was a well oiled machine. Correct. And and at this point, I mean, this is in 2001. So I had the, the luck of joining in August of 2001. Uh, there was something that happened in September that year. I can't remember what it was, but, the, <laughs> but like in a, yeah. And by, by then what you've, they've had 50 plus years, 60 years to kind of refine this whole process. And, and it, uh-huh. and it shows, man, it really does show. And in a really sick way, I like, I feel proud to be an American where at least I know I'm not going to sing the whole song, but I felt, I, I feel proud that like I got to go through the latest and greatest that MK ultra training had to offer perhaps of any country at this point. I don't maybe Germany, but I, I feel like if you, if you want to have the full government sponsored government, like the, the real like MRE, not the, the bull crap mm-hmm. that you get at Sam's club. If you want the real experience, what better way and what better country to experience it in than the U.S. of A? No, absolutely. And and I don't know about you. There are some things that I still do to this day that I can't shake. I still what? step off with my left foot. 
I still tuck my laces into my shoes, whether it's sneakers, boots, whatever I'm wearing. I have to have black socks. I usually always wear a black t-shirt. It's very rare that, I mean, this one has print on it, but it's, it's black, you know, gotta have the black. Um, I still keep my hair cut short, you know, facial hair. I did. You could, you couldn't grow when I was in, but, um, just, I don't know a lot of small things. Now there are things that I was like, I ain't ever fucking doing that again. And one of them was fucking making a bed. I said, no more. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'll throw the covers up, but I ain't, I ain't fucking making this motherfucker. So but, if, if you've got company, if your parents are coming over, whoever, oh, yeah, you yeah, want them yeah. proud, are you doing hospital corners? Are you going all out or are you just making no, a bed? I, I don't. Yeah. I'll make it and make it look nice, but I, I'll do a hospital corner if I want to show off. You know what I mean? And be like, yeah, look at this. Cause I, cause I know I can still do it. That, that's just something that it's like riding a bike. You'll never forget how to make that. And so you're not uh, bouncing quarters off the bedspreads anymore. No, no, I, not at all. How about, how about the sock? How about socks and underpants? And are you, are you getting wrinkle free? Are you doing sharp corners? No, uh, my socks. Are you don't even, even wearing old underpants up. anymore? Uh, uh, it all depends. Uh, sometimes I do. Sometimes depends. I don't. Feels okay. Well, That's crazy. Yeah, How depends. old are you, bro? 50, 60? Uh, I'm about 69 years old. So I get that incontinence now and again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I don't fold my socks. Like I don't even, I don't even bunch them together and roll them. They all go in one drawer. Underwear go in one drawer. My t-shirts. Now, granted, I got to give my, my wife more, more credit on this because she folds and puts away most of the laundry. So my shirts are folded to a civilian standard and I'm, I'm happy with that because if I was to do it, they would just get thrown in a fucking drawer or put on a hanger. <laughs> Take your pick, whichever's easier. But I just, and, I don't know, just certain things like that. I, I, I refuse to do. And then there's ones that I just can't drop. And if anyone's just joining, we're, we're just getting into the thrilling aspects of uh, how ghost folds his laundry and puts it away. It's uh, it's been riveting. So thanks again for no. I'm just kidding. We're we're not even halfway in here. Uh, I'm so, sitting here thinking. I'm like, are we live? <laughs> what other uh, what other crazy boot camp? Was there any fights? Did you see anyone like absolutely freak out? Was that was that the main one? Was it just the dude with the toenail clippers? That was the main big fight that that occurred, and that was kind of towards the end uh, of boot camp. You know, when you're wrapping up for your, you know, your some of your final inspections, and they're they're you know last couple weeks or whatever. There was this one time, the this this one kid, he did not shower for the first four weeks of of boot camp, and he fucking raked. Fucking How's that even raked. possible? I don't know. And it was like a Saturday because after you get so far. The TIs kind of leave you alone for most of the, the the day Saturday, unless it's PT or take not even necessarily take you to chow. You ended up doing that on your own or whatever. So a group of the guys had enough of it, chased him down. He was running down the flight of steps, and uh, he didn't make it very far. And he got drugged and thrown in the showers, and they turned it on. They're like, "You're gonna fucking shower." They turn their backs if you want your fucking privacy, but you're fucking showering because you fucking stink. I mean, that sounds pretty tame and mild, to be honest. I, yeah. And I'm surprised yeah. Four, yeah. it would have made it four weeks. I remember there was just one aspect of training where we had to be like outside in tents or whatever for like a week. We were, we were pretending to be yeah. you know, outdoorsmen. And if yeah. anyone went more than two days, uh, one of two things would happen. One, you would get, you know, a little party in the middle of the night where, you know, you'd uh-huh. be encouraged very strongly to, to shower next time. 
or people would just legit tattle. Like this was like a very real aspect. Someone just go and tell mm-hmm. the superior and the superior would come and scream at someone and, and make a, you know, embarrass you in front of everybody and call yep. you out and be like, go wash your ass. And lots of creative insults that I, man, I, I really do wish because even even if you're keeping a level headed mind and you're through this training, there's just so much crap going on and so many things you're forced to remember. You got to remember like all these stupid names that are in like your whole rank of hierarchy uh-huh. and like who the base commander is. All this crap. military so, codes. Like, dude, there, there's so much stupid crap that you never even use even one time ever again outside of. Nope. That one thing, and it's just so that someone can come up to you at any point and be like, recite this thing. But part of that, I really do believe, um, isn't just like keeping your mind constantly occupied so that you can slip in commands and you don't have a chance to think about it. But like, I can't remember any of those great one-liners. Um, so it's like, uh, I don't know, maybe unless you've got a memory, like a freaking, you know, metal <laughs> trap. I only remember like 1% of all the amazing things that I heard drill sergeants come up with. And I can't even, it's, they're like, they were like good jokes. Like even if you know what they said and you can't deliver it the same way that a TI can deliver it, it just kind of falls flat. So I I won't, I won't try and recreate any of the really good ones, but man, there are, there are some gems that I will never forget. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, cause I joined in 96. So it's been a, a few more years you know, put what five, I was in five years before you were. Mm. So I don't know. I don't really remember a lot of them. I remember one, the one TI, he sounded like Kermit the Frog. And back when I was in, in, in basic training, I could do his voice. Like he'd always be like, what the piss is going on around here? And he sounded like fucking Gomer Pyle, right? And you know, you have your amnesty hour at towards the end of, uh, at the last night or whatever. And everybody was like, yo, do, do you, I, and I forget the guy's name. He's like, do TI so-and-so's name or voice. And you didn't this call and him TI Kermit. You didn't just call him Kermit. No, I, I, cause, cause it was a mix between Kermit and, and, uh, Gomer pile. So, it, it, you know, and I would always fuck with, with people like on the weekends cause the female flight was below us. So, you know, you kind of meet in, in the stairwell, you know, hoping to, you know, oh, oh, you're, you're not going to get lucky, but you're fucking horny. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh my God. And the fucking women, nah. but uh, volunteer for laundry. I, if, if you want to up your chances, just volunteer for laundry. That's all I got to say. Yeah. So I would, I would go out in the, the stairwell and i would i would be like what the piss is going on here i'm I'm coming up and everybody fucking scatter like cockroaches and i me and a few others sitting there fucking laughing why well, did it for him and but the the condition was is i had to go up and pretend he was a basic training airman and i had to be him grilling him and i i, I did it but at the same time i didn't do it to the full potential because i was still fucking scared it's a ti you know what i mean so i was like am i getting set up here so i didn't really like go full force like he he, he did but you know he he laughed he chuckled a little bit and you know it was, it, it was all good fun but some of the the one-liner i can't even fucking remember them to be honest with you the the only one that i'm gonna already butcher but it was there was this this guy that just couldn't figure it out. It was and it was the dumbest things. Just like if everyone shut up, you know, everyone would be like shh, and they'd all sit down. And the TI would come in. He'd be like the one dude that like keeps telling the story in the back of the room, yeah. even though clearly everyone has shut up and just never got it. And uh, the the line was something of like, 
I'm like, uh, your head is so far up your ass. You're going to need a glass belly button to see out, or I'm going to, I'm going to stick your head so far up your ass. You're going to need a glass belly button to see your way out. But he had this like <laughs> thick Southern drawl, the way that he said it. And it felt like something that he maybe like had said hundreds of times before, but it's the first time that I ever had such a visual image. And I still, I can still see this guy's head inside of his stomach, like peering out of a little glass belly button out at like <laughs> the little, rest of the world. His little third eye. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was. I, I loved it. I really did. And uh, there, there was so much of it. Um, so, do you have any tr- any tips for anyone that's uh, about to join the military or about to get in the boot camp? Any ways to make it easier? Shortcuts, workarounds. Man, teamwork, teamwork, and just say yes, yes, and yes. And you mean and, by teamwork? And, that kind of sounds like BS synergy crap. Always, oh, but teamwork as in like. Like how we always like uh you had the one dude that was really good at shirts, some guy was really good at underwear. You you were good at fucking putting a mirror mirror polish on on a pair of boots. That kind of teamwork, you know, yeah. ex- exploit each other's services and make it a well well-oiled machine. And it and if you're asked to do something, you say okay, you know, jump, how high? How high? How high? <laughs> and, and just make it happen. The more you lay undercover and just fucking help your fellow teammate out and and work together like that it's going to be fucking easy but the moment you start fucking bucking the system you're bucking it for everybody and then you're going to make enemies and you don't want that that's a, that's one of the better examples too of of even though it just happens at boot camp it, you can extrapolate to the rest of the service but yeah. there's the one guy that figures out he's good at shirts and by the way the trick at least in in our flight was that you would fill your canteen up with hot water or you would take uh the mre packet and you would use that to like heat up your canteen and then use the canteen as like an iron and that's the way you could get those like really crisp corners and all there was all kinds of cool little tips on that they didn't let you have irons nope we were not allowed to have irons in 2001 i guess somebody ruined that for everyone damn maybe somebody fucking flipped out and used it as a weapon because yeah that was one of the things that you always wanted because they'd come around and do an inspection they'd pull your iron out and they'd always turn it upside down and if there was just even an even the slightest resemblance of water left in that reservoir, it was a fail. You know what I mean? Because like the they moisture in the it. room condenses on yeah. it as he's like, grabbing it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, oh, fuck. But yeah, because we'd, we'd use the iron, we'd get it all hot and and tweezers, and we'd pull each, each uh, piece of the line or whatever, the T-shirt out, get it all perfect, and then put that fucking iron on there and, and just keep doing that and doing that and doing that. And, and you always had the ones that you never used. They, they always stayed inspection ready, display ready. Yeah. You only ever wore like maybe, I think they issued you maybe five shirts. You probably only ever wore three. Right. And that's if you're, pl- if you're playing it like loose, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like most people were doing like one or two. Uh, uh-huh. And then you got stinky Pete over there and it's like a crapshoot. Maybe just one. Yeah. And he, but, but he's yeah. not even keeping his other shirts clean anyways. So it doesn't, it's for a completely different reason. Right. so uh yeah i don't i don't know if i've i got the only tip that i would offer that i was told not to do by my recruiter i did i did realize at a certain point here's a great tip whatever your recruiter is saying at whatever he's actively saying like not the stuff that gets implied but the things that he's actually saying assume all of that is the exact opposite of what 
they are saying. Um, so if it's like you're going to get the certification, you're not going to get that certificate. Like guaranteed, you will not get that certification. Uh, if they're yeah. talking about a bonus, you're guaranteed you're not going to get that bonus. You might get one kind of one. It, that's a whole other game. So if, if you're joining for any reason other than getting out of town with with no other real options around and you don't have a scholarship or whatever, or if you're just the freaking dumb legacy bumpkin like a uh, ghost was here, yeah. I can I can see that one. Like that one actually makes logical sense to me, uh, but the other ones don't. So yeah, yeah, that's that's my my point. But the other thing that he told me was don't volunteer for anything. And I remember being in there on that first day or two, and and the TI comes in and he was like, "Who here is?" really religious and i remember in a split second i was just thinking there's no way this could be bad there's not a possible way <laughs> that if i said i'm the most religious person in this room that that could come out bad for me like i, I just so my hand just like shot up and it was the best decision i ever freaking made because instead of going to kitchen duty or doing kp i got to go to the chaplain i got to double down on lunch i would have freaking like pizza hut at the chaplain's office and then i would go back if i ran fast enough and get to have lunch at, at the base uh we got Did to watch freaking tv pl- on saturdays and sundays i got to drink wine i, was I got gonna to drink say, wine you, dude yeah you gotta fucking dip into the wine because i because it was catholic service i was a great you know raised roman catholic like any good american is everyone else is worshiping satan and because we change we literally change you know wine into jesus's blood you're not allowed to pour jesus's blood down drain so the I, only option is you got to drink it and I'm not kidding. So, I mean, I mean, how many other people that went through the military can say that they for sure were going to be getting drunk on a Sunday afternoon and eating pizza hut during boot camp? It's, I feel like I'm in a very small club of, of a you handful. are because you're the only person I've ever heard say that. I'm, I'm, just, I'm dropping these gems, dude. Anyone that's listening to this, I know we're not huge yet, but I am dropping the ultimate gem here for anyone entering boot camp. Sign up. Be I, the I have one. Chaplain. I have one that kind of if, if you're not going to go the chaplain route, but you want to go to church on a Sunday because you get a little bit of a reprieve. Yeah. Claim your Southern Baptist. Okay. Now, most guys, because we, we, we'd bounce around to different churches, y- you wanted to go there so you could sneak a nap in, usually because you were tired, right? Well, we're like, let's try the Southern Baptist, you know? No offense. I was probably one of four white dudes in there. Okay. And we're talking the Southern Baptist. They're standing, they're singing, they're having a great time. Majority black. Well, y- you soon realize. I ain't fucking taking a nap in here because everybody's standing up fucking singing and da 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 da. But what paid off, even though you didn't get your nap, you got juice, you got, I think, Sprite or 7-Up or something, and cookies out the ass when when church was over. And you're like, fuck, I haven't had this shit since I got here. I Fucking cookies? You're like the fucking cookie monster. You're like, just fucking picking out on cookies and and punch and and soda. So we'd we all became Southern Baptists for a little bit so we can get the the, the punch and the, and, and the cookies. 
So the, so there is, I saw someone do this and I don't, I wish I knew what the trick was. I got to go to like three or four services every Sunday. So I was already like triple dipping. Like no, no one was at my level when it came to like sliding around and avoiding stuff and getting drunk and eating pizza. And, uh, but the Protestant was also really good because, and, and again, growing up Catholic, I hadn't been to any other services really, maybe if a handful here and there, if I was like staying with a friend. But this was the first time that I like actually had to go to a bunch of different ones. And the Protestant one in within 15 minutes, they were playing clips from like Forrest Gump. And I'm like, you guys are watching movies in church. And again, they gave out like Welch's grape juice and they gave you like little saltine crackers. And huh? and I just remember like, dude, what have I been missing out my entire life? I've been going to Catholic mass and you get like not a lot of talk and you got to stand, you got to kneel. And, like there's it's boring as hell. You can't fidget. And then meanwhile, like literally on the other side of this wall they're watching forrest gump and they're drinking welch's grape juice in the middle of the freaking morning i don't know it was it was uh eye-opening i loved it yeah very very there's there's a lot of ways to worship jesus so i don't know it, uh, and again i got to do the grape juice and the crackers and the wine so why not right and, I, and that started early catholic mass starts early i don't know how it is for yeah. other religions but they're like well, I, I grew like, up you should catholic, already be praying. So- yeah, I, I remember. And then you did the whole midnight mass on Christmas and this and that. And dude, I freaking hated going to Catholic church. Like you said, <laughs> you stand, you sit, you kneel, you stand, you sit, you kneel, you stand, you then you stand and you say, you shake someone's hand. Oh, uh, oh, I hated God bless that you the or most. Oh, I hated yeah. that part the most, man. When oh, and it always caught me by surprise too, because I was a complete rube, and it was always like, now, you know, look to your left and look to your right, and the people in front of you, and just just hu- say hi to each other. And I was like, oh God, I don't, I don't like yeah. any of these people. They're all strangers. Hi. <laughs> and and honestly, thinking back, I mean, statistically, as a kid in a catholic mass if you if you were to look around in all directions you're there's probably a, a predator among someone that, oh, that met your glance, easily so easily that might be part of it like you're not allowed to talk you're forced to touch other people they give you oh, wine yeah underage there's there's a lot of stuff happening there yeah now that you mention it i mean not 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 just the you know worshiping human sacrifice and and cannibalism uh you have the shut up and don't say nothing we're going to give you some liquor and uh, you're going to be surrounded by a lot of adults that look down at you and wondering how they're going to part your hair down the middle well and the the subservience aspect uh there weren't many altar girls in any church that i ever remember growing up in i don't think are there allowed to be altar girls I mean, I assume in 2023, it then, yeah. Yeah, maybe al- now. Yeah, alter back them. then, no. Yeah, back then, no. It was, it was all boys. As it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got, well, you've got a reputation to uphold here, guys. What, what are you going to build this legacy for thousands of years and then just abandon it in 2020 because of Harvey Weinstein? That seems silly. Right. That's a, Have you seen a- the lips on little Billy? <laughs> you thought little Johnny's lips were perky and puffy wow little billy holy shit in the ass man you know what's crazy is that this is pre-recorded and i can already see my subscriber count going down in real time just just in like a weird precog minority report way so i appreciate that 
Oh, you're welcome. I'm I'm good at that. Uh, I I do that a lot uh, when I speak out against the Mormons on uh, on cunt. <laughs> Uh, what what's the beef with the Mormons, man? Because uh, another fun military fact, but I I clashed with Mormons in the military for the first time. I didn't I didn't realize, I guess, growing up Roman Catholic, that uh, not everyone had like maybe a same pessimism and kind of like this like seething right. underbelly of just absolute distrust and you know maybe not believing in faith at all. But uh, I ran into two some Mormons and whoa, I realized that you can't joke at all about some things uh, in the presence mm -hmm. of really devout Mormons. Like it's a, it's a really big deal uh, that led to maybe some letters of reprimand. I won't, I won't get too much into detail, but it was uh it was an interesting experience. So I don't have actually any beef. And if anything, I might have an affinity to Mormonism because of how much they hijacked from Freemasonry. It's kind of cool. I, was, I think it's like, I was just, Actually, they're like gonna the, say that you're more closely they're the hip hop samplers of the freaking uh religious world, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> when I was a little boy, um, I was originally born in Wyoming and grew up till I was about ten in Idaho, the the southern uh, southeast corner of Idaho. So we weren't far from Salt Lake City. My aunt actually lived in Salt Lake City. I seen the Mormon tabern tabernacle around Christmas time. Beautiful. I mean, as a little kid, I mean, it, it looked like the most beautiful. You, you think Disney land or Disney world's castle looks cool. You should see this motherfucker lit up, lit up for, for Christmas. You, you be, you're like, Whoa, is that you know what they what I mean? call it in the Mormon? Do they call it the motherfucker in Mormon religion? Yeah. Yeah. They, they abandoned, uh, calling it the, uh, the tabernacle. They just went with the, the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th I think they saw Pulp Fiction and really liked the bad motherfucker reference, and they're like, "Well, we'll just we don't want to be bad. We're just going to be the motherfucker." So I'm hearing all good so far. Where's where does the beef come in? Where's it's the old Wendy's commercial now? So the beef was I was raised Catholic at the time, so everyone I went to school with, and everybody in that community, ninety nine percent majority Mormon. Okay heavily influenced out there, you know, Salt Lake city, Brigham young, uh, you know, Joseph Smith, all that. Well, I was friends with one kid in my second. Yeah. I think it was second grade, my second grade class. He was a Mexican. Okay. Uh, his, his first name was Tony. I don't remember his, his last name, but Tony and I would play together out at recess. Okay. His parents, I think, might have been migrant workers or whatever actually settled there and and what have you. But me and Tony hit it off great because he's like, I'm Catholic, you're Catholic, we're not Mormons, and these guys are kind of weird, right? Well, one day we're running around on the playground and I'm yelling and screaming because the other kids are chasing us. I think we we're playing tag or some shit. And I'm out there yelling at the top of my lungs. The Mormons are coming. The Mormons are coming. The Mormons are going to get us. The Mormons are going to get us. Hurry, run, hide. Yeah. And, and Tony's doing the same thing in kind of broken English. And didn't think anything was bad until I got home. Now, I got punished, but not bad because I learned it from my mom. Because we lived, we had a like a quarter mile lane on, on this the farm that we lived on and you could always see the door knockers driving up the, the lane. And she, she'd always look at, Oh, the Mormons are coming. The Mormons are coming. They're, they're here. They, here comes the Mormons. So they're coming to get mom. us. Yeah. So I like the old eighties uh, commercial. I learned it by watching you. Yeah. You know, so 
long story short, I, I, I got in trouble kind of at school. They kind of wanted more discipline at home, but I don't know the whole, the whole Mormon religion's really, really weird, but it's crazily and heavily influenced by Masons. And that, that's kind of why I told Heidi to get in contact with you. Who She was super nervous to, to even remotely reach out to you, which was... Oh, I'm, I'm going like, to kill her. Yeah, you, know, you should sacrifice her. And yeah. uh, uh, She's, she's going to... I'll be the last person she talks to. I don't so, care if, if this is recorded and, and that's evidence. Did, did, did I just see your eyes turn red? <laughs> that was just my second set of eyelids, actually. Okay, right, right. I, I always forget that you're a reptilian, but you know, we did an episode on on you know the Mormon Temple of Doom is what I called it. But it, I don't know. Yeah, I I think it was just disguised and changed from Masons to Mormon to you know hide something or whatever. But I mean, to, it, it, when you dive into the history of the religion, they're fucking retarded. They're just plain retarded. It's like two Down syndrome people got together and said, we're not Mormon. Okay. So we're all right, we're just dropping hard R's and then doing the uh the full uh impersonations and everything. This is great. Yeah. So well hey, I've had you <laughs> I <laughs> I've had you and I've had you and Nate on at the same time and when you don't, on my don't show, necessarily ascribe things that Nate print. says to me. Don't necessarily. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But, but within first five minutes off the fucking rails. Okay. That, well, now we know where the show's going. I at least I'll waited fair. until 40 minutes in. Nate, Nate is always in the driver's seat and I'm always in the passenger seat, but I never, I never, never tell him where to drive, but sometimes I might tell him to pump the gas. I never really say <laughs> pump the brakes. So I'm, yeah. I guess I'm just as accountable in that regard. I don't know. I mean, in a court of law, if I'm in the passenger seat the entire time and I'm egging everybody on, but I don't actually go into the bank and I don't actually like shoot anybody. Am I responsible? I'm sure they, they get me on something, yeah. but I feel like I oh, could turn state's witness against you guys like very easily. True. Yeah, true. I mean, they probably first try to get you as a co-conspirator or or something like that because you guilty by association. But you know, there, there's loopholes. There's loopholes with everything. You know, yeah. that's, everything. That's the true American way. I mean, if yeah. finding loopholes uh, feels, I'm sure it's been ascribed to other cultures and history, but uh, Americans and loopholes, I think, are like the new wave. You know, this is like the new, the new way to do it. Oh, absolutely. Which reminds me, I still have to listen back to your guys' interview with uh, with uh, Tony Merkel. Yeah, apparently I, I might have. I don't know. I heard it maybe across the line, but I, <laughs> That's what I, I only told. heard this secondhand. I had no I've even. Yeah. Yeah. Good cool. on you. Hey. Uh, it, what I, was the line? Do, do you know what the line was? I don't was? know. I, okay. All I was told was you kept challenging him on his religious beliefs and like coming at him like, so how do you come about it? I, I don't even know. Because Nate kind of described it to me and, and or no, it wasn't Nate. It was uh, it was a coworker. He's like, have you listened to the new, new at the time, the newest episode of Realities are? So I'm like, no, why? had your buddy on Tony Merkel. I'm like, Oh really? And, uh, 
He goes, yeah, you should have heard Paranoid American. He was go, getting grilled, bro. He was getting grilled by Paranoid American. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to check that out. And I still haven't checked it out. But, uh, no, you well, know, and it might sir, not have been all that bad. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's definitely not the intent whatsoever. I love Tony Merkel. I love his spiritualism. I love his his uh, relationship with his creator. I, everything. Everything he does is amazing. And the fact that he's turned a business out of this niche, which I think deserves way more focus than let's say the real housewives, right? If the real housewives can exist out there, then so can freaking Merkel media and everything that he puts out. And it should all be just yeah. as, or more successful than the housewives full stop. I don't even care where you're at on any of the religious, political cryptid debate. None of that. It's more important than full housewives, full stop. That said, I, uh, again, growing up as a freaking Catholic, dude, I remember, going home from sat from a Sunday school and, and thinking, because I was told in no uncertain terms that everybody that wasn't Catholic and, and worshiping the way we were, they were like, unfortunately they're all going to hell. And I would, yeah. I would talk about that with people and be like, how do you feel that like you're, you and your family are going to burn in hell for all eternity because you don't go to the church that I go to. Like this blows my mind. Like what's, what are you guys not getting? Like you want to burn in hell. And that also led to some angry calls and unpleasant, you know, situations. And it's like, well, that's not really what you say to other people. And then it was like, well, isn't that what we believe? That's, that's what I'm being told. And it's like, well, yeah, Yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah. But it's not nice to, you know, remind other people that they're going and they might not believe in it. And I, I don't know. It just, and then I remember asking questions about in the Sunday school, like, well, if you burn, for eternity, like after the first month, like don't you just kind of get used? Like it sucks, but doesn't it just like <laughs> stay the same suck? And and that was again, like I, I guess I had the mind of an engineer. Like I want to like pick something apart and take all the screws apart and like what does that piece do? Okay, what does that piece do? What happens if I reverse the polarity of that piece? What if I add another resistor over here? Like does that affect it? And I don't know. I I did that with religion, and I might do that in interviews. And I'm not. I'm absolutely never trying to challenge somebody's beliefs, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. Like how does that like? When you add electricity to this capacitor, how does that diode over there not just like explode? You know, and then sometimes that's where my right. mind goes and I get lost in that line of questioning. So, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, free thinking is frowned upon in this facility. <laughs> uh, yeah. So where are you at on God? Where, where, how can I pick apart your faith? Uh, I don't know. Um, I believe in a creator. Um I don't buy into yourself. I believe that they're we're a very complex piece of meat suit machine in in a sense. You're a poet, sir. I'm trying. Um, Not a scholar, maybe a poet. Whether the creator is what people call God or could be alien races or the Anunnaki, whatever, something had to have or some we we don't we don't exist out of just absolute nothing. Okay. Modern religion, that's where I have a problem. That's where my biggest problem comes in is modern religion, whether it's Catholic Christianity evangelical, Mormon, whatever. It was all man-made for control. And when you break it down and you start putting the piece, especially with 
Catholicism and then the branches of, of Christianity coming off that. It's just cherry picked different societies at the time, their beliefs and just reworded and kind of put in a different kind of way. So you can still celebrate your Christmas, Easter, um, and, and all these pagan holidays, but just call them something different. And we'll just make, make some story up and, it's weird how most of society's gods, even Egyptian gods, back in the day before, you know, Jesus came, they're all born on December 25th. So I question a lot of it. I, I will never tell anybody, look, if, if going to church and you worshiping Jesus and, and God, as you call it, makes you a better person, makes you happy, by all means, go do it. I don't think I need to. Um, I used to be a very devout Christian, was saved, baptized in the Susquehanna River in the middle of January. You know, I went hardcore. I just I just have more questions than I get answers. But at the end of the day, I do believe something created us. I don't know what. And guess what? Your most religious person out there, he could be the Pope himself. He doesn't even at the end of the day knows who created us, and knows where we're going when we're dead. Period. I mean, I agree with you very much on the organized religion aspect, and I also agree with you that Catholicism is probably the closest to truth, and that anyone that's not pretty much a devout Catholic is ultimately leading themselves on a path of hellfire gnashing and teeth of brimstone it's the the easiest thing that you could do today for the rest of your life is convert to catholicism and save the soul of you and anyone else that you can convert to catholicism you got to eat eat the body you got to drink the blood and if you're not doing those things then you don't get accepted into the gate i'm surprised that we're both in complete unison on this very specific topic because like you said the splintering of all of these religions and people nitpicking just go to what is laid out for you guys. Like they went through yeah. all this trouble. They've put like gold filigrees on the pages. They've got fancy chairs. They've got like a whole city. There's literally what other, I guess, I guess Salt Lake city, but Salt Lake city is no Vatican. My friend, they might have the tabernacle. No. They don't, they do not have the fancy little elf shoes and the freaking chairs and the, the, I mean, maybe if you're into the Tartarian, the old world history, but they don't have, the legacy and they don't have the pedigree. There's no other Christian religion on this planet that has the freaking pedigree and the fancy shoes and hats that Catholicism has Mormonism. Maybe in the back of my mind, that might be why I have an affinity because they do have fancy underpants and they're, there's they're no, a second, they're a second, uh, a very close second, maybe one a and one B when it comes to Catholicism or even Judaism, because uh, I, I I forget where I heard it. There's more Mormons on this planet now than there are Jewish people that practice the Jewish Jewish faith. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and link the the source that Ghost <laughs> yeah, I don't, has I don't for that claim. Source. We'll we'll link that in the comments below. I'm sure I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll send it MormonReligion.com. <laughs> And honestly, that's, I'm just, I mean, we're just spitballing here playing jazz a little bit, yeah. but, uh, for as fancy as Catholics are, there's no fancy pants. In fact, there's almost no pants in the Catholic. The more I think about it, I don't think pants are part of 
the dress code in any form for men or sure. women, right? Even the kids, everyone, everyone's wearing easy access dresses all the time. Oh, absolutely. Interesting. I mean, but Mormons no have wonder. pants. Protestants have pants. Yeah. Almost every other Lutherans have pants. They all have, yeah. it's only that that's so weird. It's such a weird coincidence that I don't know. Anyways. So, okay. So you give like a, the typical sort of like goober Gnostic non-committal. What's the, are you agnostic? I don't know. I, I don't. Some days maybe. And then some days, no. So you know are I mean? you like, fluctuating between agnostic and atheist or agnostic and more something less agnostic? Uh, I can't go full on atheist. And that's no offense to you. It's just <laughs> my brain just doesn't work in a capacity that doesn't think that there's nothing. You know what I mean? So it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. Yeah, I mean, now, if, honestly, if I could, that the the Arabic concept of zero was very hard for simple-minded, um, you know, like the plebs to really truly grasp until there was, I don't know, more practical ways to demonstrate it. So some of us are slower oh, than others, right? And Do you, and, you understand I mean, the concept of zero, right? If you're well, the concept of zero is absolute nothing. Uh, okay, I, I guess you're not no. there yet. Maybe not. Okay, okay, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, no. I, I just always assumed the concept of zero would be absolute nothing. If you have absolutely nothing, there, there's a black hole or a void. There, there's nothing. Like, I don't know. You, you get cast into the nothing. Like, I don't know. Like, it's very. So, so who are you at your most religious? What are you seeing? Um, like, you know, the the bearded Borgia. Is it? Do you have a Borgia Jesus in mind? What is it, Caesar Borgia? You know what I'm talking about? No. Yeah. No. I'm. Uh, do you have a sky daddy? A, a what? Do you have a sky daddy? So you said, "Do I have a cry daddy?" I'm like, "Well, I mean, I get it, one." I mean, you said Catholic, so it could be your cry daddy. But yeah, <laughs> right. sky. And and I mean, in in a slightly just way, but also, is there like a dude? This, you know, that more or less, ha you know, has masculine to. energy and maybe is a symmetrical form and, you know, we were created or is it way more of just like a freaking bundle of energy that you're not going to define further than that because you're boring? Thanks. You're boring, too. Um, no, I just. OK, when I was younger, I bought into the whole typical white Jesus. Okay. Which we know is not who Jesus was. Now I'm also going to go off on a little tangent. That wasn't his fucking name either. Okay. Uh, if you want to go by true scripture, his name was Yeshua. Okay. Now that we're just going by basics here. Now that's where I have a hard time. I, I never had a mental picture of who he might have been, even though you see all these pictures, especially around Christmas time, of different Jesus, black Jesuses, uh, Arab Jesuses, you know, take your pick. They're all out there. I, I just, I never had that depiction like ever in my mind. And I, I don't know why. I just never did. But after, you know, reading the Bible and then questioning a lot of stuff, 
was that just a metaphor? Is Jesus just a metaphor? And that's kind of where I'm at today. I think his name is more of a metaphor of just live your life. Be good. Be a nice person. Help your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Don't be a dick. And I think that was like the ultimate message that was trying to be portrayed during those times because everybody's like, oh, open the Bible and read it. If you open the Bible and read it and you apply it to the time that it was written, it makes 100% sense. You apply it now, there's a lot of reaching and stretching that goes on. So I don't know. I probably didn't answer your question, but I don't have that. It's kind of like I have I can picture Santa Claus. What I'm told Santa Claus looks like in my mind, but Jesus, no, never, never did. Or God. It's just like, it would have been like an entity, I guess. You know, it, it's a person, you know, I, I don't know. I just never had the the full mental picture in my mind. So just utter and complete blasphemy. Got it. Um, I mean, and honestly, that's oh. probably the worst, the worst example of a good Catholic upbringing I can think of, because if there's one thing the Catholics are good at, it is like giving you trading cards of the, of Jesus. I, I never said I had a, here's what Jesus Catholic looks upbringing. like. And here's what Mary looks like. And all the saints, dude, every single, um, every single burial or funeral that I went to, you always got the trading My mom was like the because she was an alcoholic and, and a drug user. Okay. Okay. So it was so, the it was the workaround. It was like I can be a scumbag yeah. as long as I want, but if I'm yes. Catholic and I say sorry on my deathbed, right, and I go to confession, <laughs> that's the extent of Catholicism that I grew up with. Right. I, I wasn't like the whole devout. You know, I I went I went to church because my mom took me, but it was never. Didn't it was we never all? that. You know. You know what I mean? It was. I I never went to. <sighs> Like even when I did go to Sunday, like I didn't pay attention to me. It was like school. I fucking hated it. I'm not going to memorize this and that and know my Hail Marys and my rosary bead. To me, that was all like, ah, I can't know. I, it, I, I want to go play. Okay. Yeah. I got J.I. Joe's waiting out. Yeah, I was going to say, I got right? Ninja Turtles waiting on me right, right. now, dude. <laughs> yeah. And we if I was in the Protestant really church right now, I could be, I could be playing with my Ninja Turtles right now, but in Catholic yeah. mass, guess what? There are no yeah. action figures allowed. <laughs> uh, so what, so what can the Catholics do to improve? A lot, a lot. What would be the number one thing? Stop trying to take over the world. Uh, that was pinky in the brain thing. I don't know. Uh, stop fucking boys. Stop fucking little children. Okay. Uh, There's a start. Bad, bad timing. I just wanted to do a, sh a shout out to uh, St. Jude's and the fact that we are also sponsored by the Catholic Church. Um, I Yeah. I, I that was my bad. I probably should have announced the sponsors before I, I solicit opinions on said sponsors. Are you patriotic? That sounds like a resounding Man. yes. Uh, your your mic cut out, but he was like he he bent down and he grabbed oh, an American oh, flag. You didn't, you didn't even hear the music. You didn't hear Lee Greenwood playing. <laughs> now I I am. I'm patriotic because not because of my government patriotic, because what I was told America stood for and what it was, what I was told it was founded on, you know what I mean? Land of opportunity. You know, you have 
the ultimate freedoms. We're the last beacon of hope for everybody. You get older, you go through the military, 9-11 happens, you get real patriotic again. And then, I don't know, things happen. And now you look at where we are today and, and, you know, as a, as a human, you should always try and question everything, learn new things and, and, and what have you. So your opinions are going to change. Am I the patriot that I was when I joined the military versus today? No. Am I the patriot that I was when nine 11 happened? No. Am I a patriot? Yes. I love this country. I love good American people. I don't care what color skin they are, but I don't like my government. I, our government is not representation of what America should be or what a patriot wants it to be. So, yeah, I love, I love my country. Now, do I love my heritage where I, where, where I came from? Yes, equally so. But I don't, I don't sit there and fucking wave flags and banners for, for either or. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, all right. I, I have Scottish lineage. You know, I, I, great, cool. I'm American. I, I got American blood running through my. No, I just have human blood. At the end of the day, it's just human blood. You know, I was born in America. Cool. You know, I, I have a better success rate or survival rate than somebody that was born in a third world country. You know what I mean? And that's so, your American but, right. It's my American right. However, you take a third world person, they're going to be just as proud as their country just because they're, they're happy to get maybe a, a, a bowl of food a day to them. That, that that's life, you know? It's so like it's, it's all on how you embrace this. Yeah. It's all on how you embrace your own suck. You know, I could be doom, gloom, and depressed about the way America is. I don't, I don't let myself get that far. You know what I mean? Like, eh, okay, I can cover it. I can talk about it. At the end of the day, I don't, I don't really see it affecting me personally other than, okay, I'm paying a little bit more for a, for a lot of shit that I shouldn't. But I don't see these protesters. I don't see the hate. I live in a small little bumpkin town in central Pennsylvania where I walk out and I, I say hi to my neighbors. We help each other, you know, whatever. So I don't know. I am patriotic, but I'm not that I'm not Ruby rich patriotic as much. Is, is I that, love my guns. I love my guns. Spectrum. <laughs> yeah. I love my guns and I, I, I love, I love to, to be able to own them and, and hunt or, or protect my family or my property. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just an, another guy living in America, going to work in the nine to five, coming home, spending a little time, getting up and going back into the slave system that we call the American dream. What's the most positive impact you personally have provided the rest of this country during your military service? Oh, when I, I'm glad you brought that up because it was, it was the night I got invited to the white house and I, this, I didn't even know the lady's name, but I found myself underneath a desk with this girl named Monica. And we had such a great time. I, it was the best cigar I've ever smoked in my life. Come to find out. I couldn't figure out why there was no smoke coming out. Man, I fucking 
sucked and drawed on that cigar. And that's, I don't know. I got all this shit all over my face. I don't, I don't know. So like, like every other veteran that I've talked to, absolutely nothing. You just yeah, soaked up much. tax money and <laughs> yeah. pissed it away. Thank you for paying your taxes. <laughs> so when, when somebody, yeah, that's honestly, when somebody says, thank you for your service, what goes through your mind? I hate it. To be honest with you. You hate it when someone says it. Do you, yeah, do you just say thank you? Or do you say like, you know, fuck you. Well, no, I don't. Cram it up your ass, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) I usually, my, my comeback now, because Curious Animus uh, is where I got that. Thank you for paying your taxes or whatever. Cause that, cause one of the first times I found out he was about, he was on the tavern or whatever. And I was like, Oh shit, I didn't know you were in the military. That's awesome. And he's like, yeah, thank you for paying your taxes. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. Anytime anybody thanks me for my service, I just say, thank you for paying your taxes. So that's become my, my, my new way of saying, Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for paying your taxes. You know, I, I I've been to like, <laughs> Like the Hershey Bears, they're uh, the Washington Capitals uh, minor league hockey team, right? Though I've been there with uh, family members, you know, oh, veterans, stand up, you know, yada, yada, yada. We want to recognize you. I sit down. I, I stay seated. I don't want that fucking recognition. Very edgy. Very edgy. I, it's not an edgy thing. I just, sorry, I, I'm, I'm nobody special. You Are know you what kneeling? I mean? how- when they play the anthem, do you just kneel out of uh, <laughs> pure instinct? <laughs> I, I do one step better. I kneel on both knees, <laughs> bend over and spread my cheeks. <laughs> wait, wait for the blue angels to show up. Yep. <laughs> let's make some, let's make some blue Nephilim babies. So, uh, I want to, I want to continue a little bit of this Q and a, I've got a little segment. I'm just going to ask you some, or I'm just going to mention some topics and you're going to say zero to 10 on how much credit you give certain things. Okay. Okay. 10 being the best or, and ten, zero being the ten work. being you believe in it the most, and zero being like okay. it's silly. You don't even entertain it as an option. Hey, conspiracy buffs! I double dare you to take some PCP, the paranormal conspiracy probe. On your marks, get set, and go. Satan. I'd have to say ten, just like I would believe in God. No one doesn't exist without the other. Yin and yin. Lu- Lucifer, same thing. Yeah. Well, what? Man, this is the. This is. I'm not hearing numbers. I'm hearing a bunch of stuff that's not numbers. Okay, so Zeus, I'll put eh eight. We're not we're not um, ranking on body type, by the way. I know that that, that oh, this is where shit. you're going. You have to yeah, take a okay, take a step back, put clothes back on the gods as I describe them. Do not sexualize okay. right. the god. Okay, now let's re- reapproach right. this. Uh, little little gray aliens. How real are they from zero to ten? Ten. How about Bigfoot? Ten. How about dinosaurs? Zero. How about dragons? I'm going to give fire, that one a five. Fire breathing flying dragons. Does that affect your five? I'm going to still keep it at five. Giants. And and I mean giants like 
the old what like 1830s newspaper articles with them like uncovering these huge femurs or whatever the hell they were and then going like them there's giants like that i'll go an eight on that one uh do mormon magical underpants have any magic whatsoever zero does freemasonry have any power in 2023 I'm going to get, can I give it, can I give a number with a reason? Uh, you can give a number and we can talk about the reason later if I feel like it. All right. Five. Alistair Crowley summoned an actual demon at some point in his lifetime. Seven. Somebody in history has created an actual homunculus without the use of a female human. Seven. Girls or boys. Girls are boys or girls or boys? Girls or boys. I don't I don't understand. You don't understand Do girls like, girls or boys? Well, I understand girls or boys. Are you asking which I like? Is that what you think I'm asking? I don't know. Pat pass? That's it's a it's a freaking girls. underhanded softball. All right, girls. Interesting. That you're the first person that's picked that, anyways. Um, what about what about Santa? Did, did Santa ever exist in the capacity that we talk about him? Even if it was just like for 20 years until he got chased out of town, was there ever a, a legitimate red jolly presence guy? Did that ever exist? Eight. When you take psychedelics, you can see the same God as someone praying. I don't know. Five. Do you have a I, punch? I on a guess. Um, I'll say yeah. I'll just go right in the middle. Five. Spilling your seed is an actual sin. Zero. Are there any actual sins? Are there there are there sins that a person? Let me rephrase it. There are sins a person could commit uh, verbally that would affect their their afterlife. Zero. Physically? Is there things that you can do physically that would affect the afterlife? I'm going to go seven and uh, eight. All right, let's, let's wrap it up here so I can walk backwards because I kind of want to dive into some of the ones where you were like, I want to explain more. I want to give a five, but I, I want to first start conceptually, right? Is, is it possible to hurt someone more egregiously without physical harm or is physical harm always the ultimate harm that you could do to somebody? Like, is there any, is there any chance that's like a verbal harm or an emotional harm could be worse than any amount of physical harm? Yes, absolutely. Uh, verbal, verbal and emotional harm is way, way harder to deal with. If that makes any sense. Uh, then, then physical, I, I get it. You get, I, I'm going to say it like this. Okay. You get in a fight at school when you're, you're in high school, you get popped in the face. It fucking hurts. Okay. That hurt goes away. You guys might make up and be friends. Now, if that same situation happened where, um, 
a lot of words were said, a lot of personal things, or you know, just repeated uh, verbal abuse. I think that's a little bit harder to get over. Now, let's take that out of high school and put that into uh, being a kid and living under a parent that does that. If every time I got out of line, I got a spanking from my dad. Okay. All right. I knew my spot. Got a spanking. It hurt. If you constantly get told you're a piece of shit and you're worthless and this, you'll never amount to nothing. That's going to stick with you longer through life than that spanking ever did. You're going to look back. Oh, uh, oh shit. I probably shouldn't touch that hot stove because I remember one time I got my hand smacked really hard. (laughs) Okay. I, I learned my lesson, but (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the, the I, I don't know. It, it, it's a fine line without getting like super, super duper, uh, super duper personal and going into specific things that even uh, past jobs that, that I've worked in with, you know, juvenile corrections and what have you, the verbal and the emotional way, way harder to, to deal with than than physical. Now there's going to be people out there. Well, I'm a woman. He beat me all the time. He beat me all the time. Yes, it is. I'm not saying that it isn't hard too. So let me wrap it up with when you see a duck on the top of the water, he looks calm. Okay. Underneath the water, his feet are going a thousand miles a minute. So I can't tell you my pain is more than your pain and your pain is less than my pain because everybody experiences pain differently. But I will say emotional and mental trauma is probably a lot harder to get over than physical. I'm just, I'm spitballing here, but it does seem like it could be more effective because when you're, when you say you learn to not put your hand on the stove because you might get like a spanking or you might feel the stove, but it would probably sink in even harder if the lesson was if you put your hand on the stove, your dad calls you a scumbag for the rest of your life. Like that feels like it would really sink in. Like you wouldn't put your hand right. on the stove nearly as often. Uh, but the, the reason that I even want to I want to go into that little rabbit hole is you gave a zero for anything verbal or emotional that could affect the afterlife. But you gave like a seven ish. Uh, for physical mm. so so are you implying that the thing that could hurt you the most would not be a qualifier to send somebody to hell uh, but if you physically abuse somebody you don't necessarily go to hell well now that you put it like that i i would have to take my zero back but i can't because i already said zero well you can, you can uh, take it back that there's no rules where you have to get it tattooed yet that's season two Oh shit. Okay. Um, so t- t- yeah, there, there probably is some, some verbal or emotional things that you could say that, that probably could get you into hell. If people believe in hell, um, I'm not saying I do where I don't. Well, met- metaphorically was, in, in hell in that yeah, it's going to affect you yeah. negatively in some sort of afterlife. And but how I look at it, you could have a traumatic experience in this life and die. And that might be at the hands of, okay, someone was drinking and driving, hit your car out in front of your house. You were almost home. And now you haunt this house. And now this family that's living there has to deal with your angry ass because you can't figure out where to go. 
if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Where, where are you at on Ghost like, Zero to Ten? Oh, I 100% believe in them. Ten. <laughs> are there are there bad ghosts and good ghosts, do you think? I think there are good and bad ghosts. If you want to just, we'll just quote unquote call them ghosts because there's good and bad people. You know what I mean? Uh, you could have a motherfucker that w- was the biggest piece of shit, beat the shit out of his whole family, verbally abused them, did heroin every fucking day. And one day just fucking overdosed in the basement. And now he's there and he's fucking angry because this is his house and nobody's listening to him because they can't see him. So he's doing shit. And you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It, I don't know. Do you think we can take pictures or, or video of them? Any ghost? I think so. With, with some of the technology that we have, and I'm not saying every ghost show that's out there is 100% fucking legitimate, but there are people that just take random pictures and, and they're like, if you, some of them are a stretch, but then there's other pictures out there or even recordings, you know, like what like how did that even come come to be you know what i mean there there's something there how good do you think your eyesight is compared to say an owl horrible do you think owls believe in ghosts i don't know i've never talked to one other than the tootsie roll one and he tried to tell me how many licks it took to get to the center and he chomped on it (laughs) on the third bite so you're you're still going through therapy for that one. I understand. I, I actually uh-huh. was told not to bring that up by your handler before we started here. But but I mean honestly, the the ultimate question that I I try to find cute ways to get to it, but it's I kind of personally believe that human eyesight is is like we think it's so incredibly complex. Um, but we are like the ultimate bumpkins of the sensory world. We have just yeah. barely the amount of vision to get us through a day. Um, yeah. and like, like our smell compared or hearing compared to dogs, right? Maybe not our vision because apparently we can see more colors, but compare our vision to like a bug, like a freaking butterfly butterfly can right. see more colors of the spectrum we can. So ultimately I don't believe my eyes. And even if you show me the most crisp picture, I won't believe that even if you bring me out and point in the sky and say, look, there's the UFO right there. I'll throw a rock at it. And you hear it go tink and it bounces off. I'd still be like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't like these eyes are like only so advanced, you know, until he comes down and shakes my fucking hand and says, ET phone home. Then I'll believe I I get where you're coming (laughs) from with that because you know, you said, dog's eyesight sense of smell and hearing you know you have sight hounds you have scent hounds you have uh dogs that are here i wouldn't say hear hounds but are more here ear sensitive well they got the freaking even see- my my little lap dog that has no real purpose in the modern world but like you can see when the ear goes up and starts like rotating on its own yeah. and doing like this little beacon thing like our ears don't do that no no, I don't. And, and and when 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 you see a dog just kind of staring off into a corner that's all dark and and kind of growling or doing weird shit or even cats, you know, I'm not a big cat fan, but animals, I, I think they see on a different spectrum than we do. We, we're told that they can't see color like we can. I've never seen the study personally, but it's 
I don't know, maybe, maybe they see in a different infrared or just there's, there's something there that they see and you might be experiencing some weird shit in your fucking house. And I don't know, I'll turn to my dogs for, for a second opinion over, did you hear something outside or did you, cause I have a coon hound. So if, if there's like a fucking weird ass smell you, or, or whatever, well, okay. You know, there's gonna, certain words that them. we allow on this podcast and there's certain words we don't, I don't know what kind okay, of crap Ryan. they've got and boom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Ryan, he always busts my ass about the fucking coon out. Yes. They're a breed of hound dogs that go after raccoons. Sure. Uh, that that okay. feels like a like a retrofitted thing, but that's cool. Do uh, dogs have souls? If you were to ask me when I was younger, I would have said no because that's what uh, that's what Christianity told me. Oh, animals don't have souls; they they don't go to heaven. You ask me that now, I think they do. There, there's just man, the way. W- when you have a dog and you have a a bond with that dog and sometimes you're just sitting there, you know, kind of venting or just talking and they're looking at you and, and you just kind of have that connection every now and again, they have that human eye connection and you're like, man, like even now I'm, 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 I'm actually under the belief that my dogs know exactly what I'm saying. And when I leave, they actually talk to each other because I'll be like in the morning leaving for work and I'll look at, uh, like my coon hound, I'll let him out. My big dog, Bane, I'll be like, don't go out and lollygag. You go out, do your business and come back in. Every time I tell him that, I don't know if it's because he, he, I I don't know. I, 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 how's he know what lollygag means? He goes out, does his business. He comes back paws up the door. That's his way of knocking and comes in. But if I don't tell him that he'll go out there and fucking lollygag. So I I don't know. I think they do. I think they do. I I think I I don't want to sound hippy dippy, but I think all, all animals probably do to an extent. I I don't want to say to an extent, but I I think they do. I mean, everything's put here for a purpose, even us, you know what I mean? Even, Even the fucking skunks put here for a fucking purpose and the mosquito. What it is, I don't know. Do you think there's a hierarchy to souls? Like, do you think like a mosquito's soul is less valuable than a human soul? I w- part of me was to say no, but the other part of me, when, when one lands on me and I smack the shit out of it and kill it, I don't give a fuck. I don't lose sleep over it. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, maybe I just put you to your, your resting place faster than the 24 hours that you were supposed to be alive. I don't know. Where's the line? Is it like, let's say that that mosquito was your dog, just a mosquito sized dog. Do you just like swat it away and not care anymore? Or does it matter now that like it's, you know, got like a dog personality, even if you never even notice it before, but you know that every mosquito is a dog. Does it make you feel bad? Or is it a size thing? Like if once they get to a certain size, does it not matter? No, it's, it, it's a harm thing. Because I'm a, I'm a huge dog lover, but if you don't raise your dog right and it's a fucking asshole and I got bit in the dick by it, by a dog, 
already. And the only reason I didn't go back with my fucking gun and put a bullet in its fucking head is because it, it was my son's best friend's dog. Now, come to find out later, you know, they, they had rescued it. They ended up having to put it down because it, it he was bit, fucking retarded. Someone else's he, he, dick? Yeah, he, he, he bit everybody. He was just a, a fucking asshole. He attacked everybody, even, even their own family. And, you know, even my son's best friend, he's like, dude, he's, this was probably a month or two ago. He's like, I wish you would have came back that day and, and shot that fucking dog in the head. So if they're performing harm like that, yeah, probably so. Uh, another sponsor for this episode is Best Friends Animal Society, where they also just take your dog out back and shoot it in the head because of from what I understand, allegedly, and this is Minecraft uh, version of the Best Friend Animal Society, not the real life version. This is the Minecraft video game fictional version, but they, yeah, they shoot dogs in the head and they traffic them for satanic worship rituals. It's the craziest, quirkiest thing. Um, so this dog that bites everyone that another one, a uh, quick pro tip, another sponsor, uh, Jif, Jif peanut butter. If you feed the dog creamy peanut butter, they'll get more into the habit of licking. But if you ever deviate and get them hooked on crunchy peanut butter, you're asking for trouble because that's when they start a chomping, you know, you're, you're training them to bite down when they taste peanut butter. But if you only give them creamy, then they're trained to lick just Pro tip, I read that on a on a 4chan deep, deep thread long time ago. Um, so let's say this dog that's biting you in the dick, does that have a less valuable soul than a dog that is nice to you? Or or is the soul I, the, the equivalent? The soul's the equivalent. I, I can't put a value on it. You know what I mean? I, I'm not the person that says Zero my soul is better than you. Huh? Zero to ten. What's the value of the soul? Zero to ten. On a dog that bites you in a dick. Are you still giving it a 10 or are you giving it a nine? Can't judge. I, I can't judge that soul. Uh, it, it, just like I can't judge yours. So when, when you say you can't judge it though, does that mean it's by default a 10 until somebody knocks it down a peg? Or does it mean that you give everyone a five and it's up to God to figure out if they're higher or lower than that? Like, I, I don't believe anyone when they say they don't judge. I think it just means they judge, but, but their judgment has no bearing on anything. So it's therefore meaningless, but I'm asking for like the actual judgment. I'm going to, I'm going to judge the dog there in the moment, but, but the, the thought of its soul never crosses my mind. What about Jeffrey Dahmer? Or Jared from Subway. They're basically the same same thing. Right. Uh, their soul? They still a 10? In my eyes, they're pieces of shit. Do they even get hey. a 9? Or are they, are they still like, you know, up, up to God to decide? They might be a 10. Theoretically, Jeffrey Dahmer and Jared are, are a 10 out of 10 on the soul front. Man, these are some hard-hitting questions. Really? I mean, the, the, it, I it, it, in a, in a, in a moral type type setting. Yeah. Like, uh, cause like they're fucked up people. Ten. Ten. It's not, it's not for me to decide. Uh, it's, you did what you did. I know. I don't like what you did. I think you're a piece of shit in my eyes. My personal eyes, you're, you're probably a zero, but uh, we all have the same, we all have a soul or whatever. And it's for a purpose by a creator. That's for, that's for him to, 
to, to judge, not me. Like I, 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 I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just the, the whole religious, you know, upbringing and, and indoctrination that I grew up with. Do you think there's a chance that the historical Jesus was just like a really good person, good role model, and that it kind of evolved into this huge legend, but ultimately it points to one person that had like a really awesome way of looking at life and that, that if everyone lived that way, then the world would be better. I'm going to say a strong nine on that. Now, do you think that he and Jeffrey Epstein are both tens on the soul rating? Yeah. Bold. Uh, you heard it here. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up on that question. That was a good one. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's, it's a hard because ultimately, and you, you played the, the game very well. You get off the hot seat a little bit, but ultimately like what I liked, what I wanted to guide that towards is, is there any circumstance whatsoever when the soul of the best dog in the world is better than the soul of the worst human in the world? Is that even a possibility reality? But since, since everyone gets a 10, you, you escaped, you escaped the clutches of that, that particular paradox. Because the next question is, would you eat a person? And if so, or if I guess if not, would you eat a horse? And if not, would you eat a dog? And if not, would you eat a cat? And if not, would you eat a rat? And are you a vegan? And if you're not, you know what I mean? Anyways, I, I've got I've got endless questions that we can go now, down. Now, to, be, to be fair about eating human. If I was in a certain life or death survival situation, okay. We're t- we're talking about that plane that crashed on uh, alive. What was it? The yeah. Andes. Yeah, the Andes Mountains. I think in a situation like that, you know, your human survival instinct kicks in. Is it something you really want to do, or you just fucking stomach it because you're that fucking hungry? I think I think you might. Um, it's no different than being stranded in the fucking woods and eating a fucking worm at the end of the day or eating some gross shit just to get the fucking protein and energy, maybe to make it another mile down the road in hopes that there's help. Would I eat a horse, a dog, any animal in, in that kind of situation? Fair game. If your option was human or worm, are you going worm every single time? I really hate worms. So now like earthworms really gross me the fuck out. And you've heard it first here on paranoid American podcast, because (laughs) everybody knows I don't like midgets and I don't like fucking ET earthworms. They're fucking stink. I don't think I could. I I could eat a white grub before I would eat a worm. What snails? I need snails. What? Why? Why do snails get different treatment than worms? Well, they don't stink. Uh, well, okay. So hold on. Just to be clear, I guess I'm imagining in my mind that it goes through the, like an escargot process, right? You clean the snail, you cook it in butter. Would you not do that to the worm? Or, or like, I never gave the stipulation that you just had to grab a fucking handful of dirty worms and start going it down. Oh, okay. So if you're going to fancy it up, I w- I'll try anything once. Let's say you hated they it. Might. Would you go? Would you go to human after that? Let's say. Let's say human tasted a little bit like pork, and worms tasted exactly what you imagine worms tasted like. 
eh, I'd probably have to turn into a cannibal. And then I get that fucking weird mind disease and turn into Hillary Clinton. Uh, you're talking you like about Kuru, like- and you can actually avoid Kuru if you just don't eat the brain. The rest of the body is completely fair game. Oh, okay. You didn't catch how I said her last name, did you? H- Hillary who? Clinton. Who? Clinton. Oh, you're, it's, you're very <laughs> clever, sir. The wit. The wit. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll wrap we'll wrap it up on there. I can't I can't top the wordplay of this absolute Shakespearean poet. Up, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Neil. I, I love you, Ghost Man. Thank you. It, it took so long uh, for us to finally get together and do this for the schedules to to overlay. I hope that I get to go on another one of your your shows, uh, Tavern, Absolutely. and uh, the other one that starts with with C. Uh, yeah. Ooh, Thanks for offending. You on as be- yeah, for as we're gonna we're gonna have to have you on as Bean of the Week. I don't even know what that means. Bean of the Week. Okay, I'm the left lip ghost. Ryan is the right lip. Okay, cunt. Get it? It's pussy. So when we have a oh, guest host on, okay. they're the Bean, the clitoris. I'm the man in the boat. Yeah, you're the man in the boat. I forgot I was speaking with a poet, my good sir. It, uh, how quickly my my thoughts are so fleeting whenever I'm in your presence. Oh, so, Thanks where, for gaslight. Where can where can people find you and all of those uh those the pictures of your what did you call them bat wings? Do you still have the bat wings on social media? I, the bat I wing collection. Not sorry, not your bat, bat wings. Wing. Your bat wing collection. I had to take that down. Um, because I was being investigated, but I still have the legwort, the I satin gum and the dove's breast up on, um, dovesbreast.com. Oh, I'm actually going to go to dovesbreast.com right now. And I'm going to look up <laughs> legwort.com yeah, oh and dovesbreast.com. It's Neither of be- those exist. Dude, hold on. In, in real, I mean, this isn't real time cause I'm pre-recording, but. I might purchase legwart.com right now. Let's see. I don't yeah, I don't even have the money to be doing this, honestly. It's probably let's like just 12 see. bucks. Let's, let's see if it's available. I gotta do my freaking this is how real it is. And I'm doing my my uh two factor <laughs> authentication, dude. This is real. This is this is not just for show. This is great. How every every once in a while there's like I can't believe that name exists. Now, yeah. now that's me. Uh, let's see. Legwort.com. $10. Would you pay $10 I, I said, to own legwort.com? It's what? $10 a year? Legwort? Yeah. $10 a year. I'm, okay. Now, now more expensive than, I, that's, than 10 bucks. That's always the mentality going into these is like, I've, I've always, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. But if anyone's watching that legwort.com is memorable, it's short. It is almost impossible to even get two English words together that are this short, two syllables, the .com version of it. The only reason I'm not going to get this right this second is a, I'm a little short on money please go to paranoidamerican.com buy stickers and comics and like i've got dude like ridiculous amounts of product i just i didn't even look at where i, I don't know if you no- noticed this if you replay this i didn't even look i just reached over here and grabbed and there's like i can just keep doing this 
and keep grabbing more and more crap like every single time i reach over off screen so anyways i need you to buy all of this if if you guys were buying enough of this i'd be able to buy legwart.com right now on a whim but i don't i don't have that actually, kind of income yet actually go buy his stuff do you have cash app i do cash app i got paypal we got venmo i'll cash app you 10 bucks We'll go half. He's on on legwork. Oh okay, I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. The, and I was well. I didn't get to finish my thought. I was going to say the other part of this is that I'm af- I'm afraid of what ideas I might come up with on what to do with legwork.com, and none of them feel like they would add to my resume if I were to go looking for a job anytime. Like there's not a single instance that I can search in my mind that I would say, oh, and check out legwork.com. A little little side project that I did with my buddy Ghost. <laughs> old military battle <laughs> should, should we do it or should we not uh, uh i mean it's our i'm already in checkout okay I'm hold on check out let me we'll have to discuss what we're gonna do with this later and this might just be an expensive ten dollar joke that doesn't live outside of this but so we are here i'll, I'll let you know three two one we paranoidamerican.com is now the proud owner of legwort.com uh, i don't know if we're going to do a cross branding thing we might actually keep these brands separate <laughs> on their own individual tracks <laughs> you have at this point the title of the show is legwort.com <laughs> Okay, bat batwing.com is taken and it was bought in 1999. I wonder if Batwing, oh no my shit. god. No, I'm just kidding. That would be awesome oh. if you just if you just loaded it and it was just a Batwing. Okay. Um so today's right. sponsor is actually legwart.com. Go and check out <laughs> legwart.com and whatever that ends up being. And uh yeah. Thank you Ghost. You're welcome. Uh, I'll I'll plug my stuff uh, before because we got sidetracked. Patreon.com forward slash my third eye podcast. Instagram, my third eye podcast. Gmail is my third eye pod at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, my third eye podcast booking at gmail.com. Um, other than that, wherever you listen to a podcast, you can get my third eye podcast and all the shows that I do. I've taken a hiatus from the tavern, but you still get cunt. You get the left lip, the right lip, and every now and again, you get a bean in the middle, a little man in the boat, got to flick them. And wow. Sometimes it squirts with truth and conspiracy. Explore the unique with Paranoid American sticker sheets. Unearth tales of cryptids, cults, and mysteries through each sticker. These won't last long. Get yours now at ParanoidAmerican.com. American stickers, cryptids, cults, and killers, killers. We got all your favorite conspiracies. All the more on our sticker sheets. Paranoid American stickers, make you smile and snickers. Ghostbusters and secret societies, all of these and more on our sticker sheets. What the heck are you waiting for? 
Discover the extraordinary with paranoid American sticker sheets. From cryptids in the night to cults out of sight, each sticker is a unique find. Get yours now at paranoidamerican.com. <laughs> 